Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today I'm joined by local mom and public health professional, Shannon Welch, to continue our series on talking with kids about racism. Thanks so much, Shannon, for joining me. Oh, thank you so much, Erin, for having me. I want to start by telling our listeners a little about you, Shannon. Shannon is director for the Institute for Healthcare Improvement with 15 years experience working in public health including as the former Division Director of Community Health for the Oklahoma City County Health Department. She holds a Bachelor of Science in Health and Sports Science from the University of Oklahoma and a Master of Public Health from the University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center. Shannon is also a mom of three. So Shannon, will you start by telling us a little bit about your family, how you all are talking about racism and racial injustice right now, what it's been like to parent during this most recent period of unrest with a pandemic thrown in the mix. Oh my goodness, yes. So my husband and I have three beautiful children, um, two boys and a girl that came last. We got our baby girl. <laughs> and so we have our boys, our oldest are 12 and 11, soon to be 13 and 12. So I'm, we're gearing up for the teenage years. And our daughter's nine. And, you know, with everything that the pandemic has brought so unexpectedly, it has been a whirlwind, I think, in trying to adjust to what has become a new normal of one first sheltering in place, um, supporting them through not being able to be around their friends like they normally would, and then just to pile on um, the racial injustices that we've seen. And it's been the kind of a continuation of injustices that we've seen for centuries now. Yet the difference this time is our kids are old enough to really be aware. And with, um, with George Floyd, the images that were ever present on every news station, you know, we had really tried to shield and protect our kids' innocence for as long as we possibly could. Um, to delay as long as possible the conversations, the, the hard conversations around racism and how it still is showing up in our society. And for them to all have seen the images so many times, we knew that it was time for us to finally have that conversation with our kids. And it's a conversation that so many black families have with our kids as they get older of the unfortunate differences and how people view us as black people and the injustices that we see and having that conversation on how do you interact if you ever have an interaction with a police officer what do you have to do and for us it was really hard um, it broke our hearts to realize that we had to at that time, the innocence was gone from our kids as far as racial justice and racism comes. Thank you so much for sharing that, Shannon. Um, as our kids get older, um, you mentioned your boys entering those tween and teen years, um, their experiences of racism, whether it's themselves personally or seeing those images of George Floyd, um, you know, things start to look different and then things escalate as they get older. Mm -hmm. So as our kids reach those tween and teen years, 
how can parents instill in them the values of anti-racism and then give them some really practical advice about what to do when they either spot it or when they experience it themselves? Yeah, it's definitely been a challenge. You know, our, um, all of our kids, we, when we started having these conversations with them explicitly, they all shared something that they had already experienced as far as racism, whether it's another child saying, oh, I don't know that I can host this group at my house because um, my parents don't like black people. Mm -hmm. You know, things like that, that just breaks your heart as a parent to hear that your child has had to hear and experience something like that. Um, but what we do with our kids is we teach them to love one another that you know it's important to love everyone to celebrate each other that there is richness and beauty in our diversity and our differences and how you know we believe through our faith we were all created and put here for a reason and we have been placed here um, by design um, created to be different and that it's important for us to celebrate those differences and, you know, as far as helping kids to be able to see it, one, to recognize that it's important to speak up if you hear something that's not right. So if you hear another um, child um, saying something that's not right or unfair, I think typically we think of racism as being that outwardly racist, calling someone a racial slur, but racism has been woven into the fabric of our society going back centuries. I got you back and I missed your end of that. I don't know if it's my Wi-Fi or yours. This is, this is real life right here. This is real life. <laughs> real long <laughs> life. Um, so we missed the very end of that, Shannon, um, when you were starting to talk about um, kids speaking up and calling out what they, mm -hmm. what they see. Um, and you know, yeah. my conversations as a white mom, inherently look different with my kids, but I'm learning from moms like you that, that that is such a key thing for me to teach my white children that what, not only what racism looks like and how they might experience it, um, like you mentioned, those, those microaggressions, those, it may not be big and blatant, um, but teaching them to recognize those and then giving them the words to say, to, to that other child or, or how to go talk to an adult or how to tell us about it and, and the importance of, of speaking. So I love, I love that you said that. I'm sorry, we missed a little bit of, of all the wisdom that you've shared. Um, I wanna talk about your, your background in public health um, and how, how kids' mental and physical health both can be affected by racism. Um, systemic racism specifically, and, and what that might look like right now, especially coupled with these challenges of the pandemic. We know even before COVID that suicide rates were on the increase for teens. Um, and then how can parents or mentors in the community help? 
Yes. So as it relates to racism and how it affects health, that's one thing that I learned when I was in grad school. Um, We are taught a lot about in public health about the social determinants of health, whether it's housing or transportation and education. And yes, all of those things are huge factors on what we see on mental health and overall health. And at the same time, it never quite made sense to me why Um, people of color, specifically Blacks, would be at higher risk for hypertension, heart disease, and all of these other diseases. And it wasn't until probably about eight years ago, I came across a research article that explained how persistent exposure to discrimination, microaggressions, um, racial discrimination particularly, it places constant stress on our bodies, that fight or flight. And so if you're constantly moving throughout the world, experiencing constant stressors, if you're constantly in fight or flight mode because you are worried or concerned at how someone's perceiving you, are they going to assume because of the color of your skin that you're stealing something? Are they going to clutch their purse? Are they going to press close on that elevator door to avoid being able to go up in an elevator with you? Those small things Um, build up over time and can affect our mental health and the health outcomes that we see. And we've shown that that does increase hypertension and all of the other diseases that I already talked about. And, you know, our kids are no different when it comes to the stresses that they experience. And so one thing that parents can really do, especially as it relates to suicide rates, um, there's an excellent training called QPR, Question, Persuade, Refer. And that is Um, through QPR, think of it like CPR, if it teaches people to be able to recognize the signs that someone might be contemplating suicide, Um, like are they expressing um, feelings of hopelessness? Are they actually saying and talking about committing suicide? One, to recognize those signs and then to question and ask them the question specifically, are they thinking about suicide? And if they are, to then persuade them to seek help and to refer them to treatment. And the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is also a great hotline to be able to call and encourage people um, to support them in that way. That's great. And that's such important information for for all parents, uh, especially as kids hit those tween and teen years, or or just people who have tweens and teens in their life, to to be aware of those statistics and and to be aware of what to do in those situations. Um, And I'm so glad that you talked about how racism affects mental and physical health because I don't, that's something that I'm learning about. I don't know that that is is something that especially the white community really knows or understands. And I think when when we're able to to look at it um, from lots of different perspectives, but but that just really hit me and and gave me even more motivation to, to do some introspection for myself and with my family and, and to think about um, the words I say, my actions, and, and to really, uh, it just motivated me in that anti-racism journey. So thank you for clarifying that. I think that's just so important for us to know. Um, when we were talking about school, all our kids are going back to school in different ways. <laughs> school is like what we never thought it was gonna be. Um, but, Whatever situation parents are are finding their kids in, in terms of school, how can we lift the issue of race equity to to the priority with our kids' schools? 
And then how can we empower those tweens and teens or, or really kids of any age to be part of those conversations, to be part of that positive change, to move to race equity? Yeah, I love that question. And, and it's so timely because I'm, I'm engaged on the PTO at our kids school have been for years. And because of recent events, we've been having conversations on what does it look like to talk about racial equity in, at school? And what can we do to help to um, raise kids awareness about this? And so some specific things that we've talked about are looking at what are we teaching? Um, you know, typically we'll have Black History Month and oftentimes we'll, students will get to learn about um, Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, yet there's so many other Black people over the course of history that have contributed greatly to our society. And so to be able to expand and to even go a little bit deeper there and also how for the kids particularly, how they can look at their own friend groups and encourage them to make friends with people who don't look like them. Because oftentimes if we look at our own social circles, they tend to be pretty homogenous sometimes. So it takes effort to be able to go out and to actively seek relationships and friendships with people who are different from us. Because I truly think when we talk about implicit bias and discrimination, a lot of that comes because we don't know one another. We don't realize that we really do have a lot in common and that there is a lot to celebrate in our differences and what we can teach and learn from each other. And so encouraging them to look at their social circles and expand their friend groups. I love that. Well, it's such a great way to empower kids to, to get engaged in, in the conversation and, and to give them a, some real action that they can do in their own lives, in their own classroom. In your home with your kids, what are some of the ways that you introduce your kids to other cultures that you help them get in touch with their heritage or that you're engaging as a family in the fight for social justice? Yeah, so specifically our kids school, we chose it and have made the decision to keep them there because it is so racially diverse. And we wanted to make sure that they were growing up in a diverse community that really celebrates and uplifts other cultures. And so that's one thing that um, we've con a conscious decision that we've made. Additionally, for our own kids, and even this small thing, when I was a kid, I remember kind of getting in a routine of even the foods that we eat. And so I am always looking at opportunities for them to be able to try and experience foods from other cultures that I may not know how to cook, but even to be able to get that exposure and encouraging them to also learn about our own family heritage, you know, and exploring that. Um, my husband is Creole and um, for the Creole community, for those who may not know, um, half um, French, half black. And to be able to explore and learn more about the richness of the Creole culture, um, looking within, um, on my side of the family, how they have a fourth great grandfather who fought um, with the Union for, in the Civil War, and to help them to really celebrate um, the rich history of their own family and our culture. 
That is so beautiful. And that's such great advice. And who does not love to learn through food? That, right. Exactly. Especially kids. <laughs> if there's snacks involved, they're in, right? Yes, yes absolutely. So as we are, are navigating this pandemic, as we're navigating this ongoing fight for racial justice, where are you as a mom finding hope right now? Oh, goodness. I am finding so much hope. When it comes to the pandemic, this that we never anticipated would happen. We have been taking encouragement and joy in having additional time together as a family because our lives are typically so busy and always on the go. And once COVID happened, we were all at home together. And recognizing that this journey of parenthood, that our kids grow up so fast that it goes by in the blink of an eye, to be able to slow down and appreciate that time that we have together and viewing that as a gift. And as far as the racial injustice piece, I remember at the turn of the year, a lot of people saying the slogan of 2020, I want to have 2020 vision going into 2020. I heard so many people say that. And, you know, I have to say, when it comes to the recent racial injustices, it seems like um, because of the inequities that we see and how COVID is affecting um, Black people in particular, um, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, more people's eyes seem to be opened to the injustices that um, for we as communities of color have seen for a long time. And so that gives me much hope because where people may not have been able to see it or recognize it before, they're seeing it now and are really taking steps to learn and to um, advocate for justice. And so that gives me a lot of hope. Me too. Um, Shannon, thank you so much for sharing your time, your knowledge, your perspective with us. This has been just such a life-giving conversation, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to get to learn from you as a mom, as a public health professional, as a community leader. So thank you for sharing with us this evening. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.